my show, I try to introduce my fans to stuff maybe they don't know about. So I think, you know, a lot of people, even if they know enough's enough, they might not know a lot of these, especially the songs, never mind the records we're talking about. So that's kind of why we're diving into some of this. Uh, and no stuff. Fly, fly Michelle, a new thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, then we died in a plane crash, you know, as far as the masses are concerned. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to Top 5 with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Paul? Co-starring Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top 5. I'm your host, Joey Casada. And I'm Marianne. Where is my baby? <laughs> With us today, we got Billy Z joining us. Hey, Billy. Hey, hey, Donnie. And a very, very, very special guest, probably uh. the three of ours favorite singer-songwriter ever, Mr. Donnie V from Enough's Enough. What's up, Donnie? What's happening? Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Continue. How are you guys doing? I'm sorry it's a little bit late. No, no worries at all. No worries. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys that's all decked out like a rock star every day, you know, <laughs> all day long. I'm, I'm busy dicking around doing shit, so I just shower up. Absolutely. <laughs> you look you look beautiful. Oh, thank you. So do you. <laughs> How's it going, dude? Thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for thinking of me, of course. Absolutely. Pretty, pretty good. Doing good. So it's going to be a fun show. The name of the show is called Top 5. We do list of top five. Obviously, we'll talk about your career a little bit. We'll talk about the new box set. But the, the plan is to kind of go around roundtable and list our top five Enough's Enough songs, if that's cool with you. I, I guess I could try. I hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love them all. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll argue with you the ones you hate. It's true. We're just so you know, we're, we're really big fans. Been uh, into your career since the beginning. Followed you all the way through. Base really probably one of my favorite catalogs of music ever is the Enough's Enough catalog. Thank you, thank you. It's it's funny you should say that because we got some. I got something coming out that you'll probably enjoy. Then <laughs> tell us a little bit about it. The new box set, right? No, that's. Oh. Uh, I'm not. I don't even know what's on that thing. That's. Uh, <laughs> That was part of that uh, licensing deal we did with Cleopatra. They they had licensed our catalog, and um, except for the first two records, of course, those aren't ours yet. They will be next year. But um, I guess that was included in that whatever I signed, <laughs> so they can just have whatever. And uh, yeah, I, this was kind of news to me when uh, when it came out exactly what it would be. When I heard they had said something about box set, but I had assumed that was the box set of the whole collection of the records you know i didn't know it'd be it'd be that old stuff and um so i'm not knocking it i don't know what's on it you know but it's um but i know that i don't know where they got that picture of me naked with the guitar right <laughs> I so what's the to think stuff if you're any other on? ones what were you um, i'm getting ready to release um well a new single video and um in support of a of this flash drive i'm putting out 
which is uh, the complete works of it's everything I've done from A to Z, you know, with and without the band. Wow. Yeah. Alphabetical advertised or whatever. They How many songs are we talking? You know, I haven't counted them. Uh, I don't know. I think we're in somewhere in the neighborhood of like uh, I don't know, 250 or 300, something mm -hmm. like that. Incredible. You know, just uh, that's the release songs that were released, you know. Right, right. Now, any like remixes, remastering, or just you just putting them all out together in one one big lump just sum? Just got all my got all my files together on my computer and I hit arrange by name and there they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um no, there's no there's no remixes. I don't I don't have anything other than whatever anybody else can get. And as a matter of fact, I don't even have uh I think I have one CD. I think I have one CD and that was somebody else's that left it here or something I was supposed to sign. I don't have any of the records. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I got, I have all, the, all this stuff. Uh, a big fan of mine, um, Tim Ertz, he uh, sent me a hard drive that has every single thing that, you know, that I've heard it's not even everything. And it was like over 700 gigabytes of, of songs and video and all this different shit. And he was a, like a bootleg collector. And so he'd sent me that and, uh, and in in repayment for that, I didn't bust his balls for all those years of bootlegging and shit. You know, it's like <laughs> it didn't bother me. I gave him my blessing, but yeah, he sent me that thing, and so uh, I had all the material. You know, yeah, I mean, bootlegging it, it it's a it's a tough business, but it, it's true because you know back in the mid nineties, <laughs> you know, obviously for people who don't know the story of Enough's Enough, you guys came out, you know, got lumped in with those the hair bands in the late eighties, came out with two the first two three killer records. Uh, on were you guys on Atlantic? Atco Atlantic, right. we were originally on, and then uh, you know, Chris. So <laughs> right, right. So then after the first three records, you kind of went more independent, right? Yeah, we did whatever was available anymore. You know, what I mean, uh, like the labels. Uh, you know, people when they're telling the story of what happened to Enough's Enough and stuff, people forget that. Where when we came out, we came out one month before the '90s. It was November of '89, wow. and uh, you know, in just one day, all of a sudden, it turned into anything that came out by this and such a date is taboo and is and nobody likes anymore and is not pushed. And and um, unfortunately, we got lumped in with that, just you know, the look and stuff like that, you know. And it, it's funny you say that too, because you know, through the '90s, that's the stuff I grew up with. I grew up in the '80s and. I loved Enough's Enough as soon as they came out. And, you know, once the 90s hit, all that grunge hit, all that, you know, depressing, you know, down-tuned stuff, I didn't love it. I was never into it. And these other, my co-host today, kind of got me back in. The, I think it was Ernie here, uh, introduced me to, a, I think he showed me a bootleg of Tweaked, like over the phone. He was playing me a few of the songs off Tweaked. And he's like, God, you remember Enough's Enough? I'm like, yeah. What? He said, this is new. And it was new at the time. I think it was 94, right, Ernie? Um, the song I was playing over the telephone was Stoned. And um, the album came out in 95. So I guess it had to be somewhere around then. Right. So, and, and you know, that, you know, as as I started getting back into you guys with, you know, with Tweaked and uh, Seven and Paraphernalia and all that stuff through the 90s, that's really all I listened to in the 90s because everything else that was coming out, I hated. So I was so thankful for you guys. You know, you released something every year or two in the 90s, right? Yeah, we re released a lot of stuff. Uh, I think there's at least a record a year, you know. Right. 
and that's Chip, re- chips chips still releasing shit <laughs> i have no idea what he's putting out you know there's all these enough enough records and i don't know where, where they came from but yeah. i'm glad you brought that up so i know i was uh i follow you on facebook and stuff i saw you say something the other day about you getting the name back and all that stuff what's happening with that um well i've been told not to talk too much about that but um you know if anybody knows anything knows that um i went to a through a rehabilitation period and while i was going through that um after we had split off i had split off from the band um and chip had gone and uh went and and filed for sole copyright and trademark and everything yeah. for the band and all the business you know all the main decisions and everything and it kind of dissolved our corporation to to do that and stuff and so that that bothered me for a long time you know it's uh i mean it really bothered me for a long time to the point where i was kind of acting ridiculous and um um you know i had to let that that shit go but it just it helped a lot because uh it just dawned on me that I wonder if there's it's different with international and i looked at international and that was all wide open so i bought all of that <laughs> very nice <laughs> nicely done yeah i mean listen obviously you know you and chip are, are great together and it's it's you know my personal opinion i haven't gotten into the stuff that he's doing by himself with with the, with the band name and stuff it's different it's 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 it should be a different band is it still cool yeah it's okay but it's just it's not enough's enough it's not your voice it's not your songs that's you know when you replace the lead singer and primary songwriter it's a different band i always felt so um you know i had dinner with him a couple weeks ago to uh to tell him in person about you know what that this happened and um you know, and uh, what his options were and stuff for over there. And, uh, and yeah, we talked about uh, that. And I was, you know, I was asking him point blank. I said, you know, there's all these bands. There's like, there's LA Guns 2, there's LA Guns well, there's this band 1 and 2, Rat, this and that. I said, um, I said, what's, what's your feelings on, what have your feelings been on, on two of those, every of those bands? You know what I mean? Some of them, it's bad enough there was one, you know, there, there's two. And, uh, and he would, he would say, you know, he said the same thing, you know, I'd say, what about, about other bands where uh, they get a new lead singer? I said, what do you think about that? You know, I said, here, me and you, we grew up liking the same kind of shit. You know, we saw it. I, I said, so what, what has changed? How come our band has, has become one of those? And, um, you know, and, and it's like, it's when you got the band without the guy, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, not saying I was, but I was, I'm the guy, you know, I wrote yeah. and sang the songs and shit. And I said, you know, I was, you know, because what I did was to propose to him was that um, I was was uh, proposing to come back and sing sing shows with enough's enough, um, not like these, uh, not getting in a fucking van with with five bands and going away, you know, opening for this band and that band in the cockroach circuit, you know, but <laughs> but that that I would do, you know, good shows, you know, decent shows, like you do a European run, you know. To, 10 to 14 shows i would do those i said you know and you know it's been so long i you know it gets just to be able to to see all all the fans and the friends again you know in that capacity and sing those songs i want to sing those songs again to those people and um you know uh, granted i will be eventually uh you know with my own show that I'm, we're putting together it's going to be a you know a pretty long show but do everything but um you know it's like as far as I'm concerned, there, there, that's still, I hadn't shut that door yet, you know, com, you know, hadn't nailed it shut, you know, it's like, 
there's certain situations that that made me feel like that might be more more or less you know what, what was happening you know but but it wasn't uh because i just said hey I, I don't i'm not playing with this band anymore or anything like that it never happened it was uh you know, there was, he kind of keeps insisting that I quit. I know I didn't quit. They, <laughs> they went on without me. I was fired. Right. I was fired basically. But, um, but yeah, that's what I was proposing. And, um, you know, you didn't want no part of it. Just, really? uh, yeah. Just is, in, is it, a, is it a, I hate to ask, is it a money situation? Obviously you're not there. I'm sure he's getting the big chunk of the pie, right? There's, there's not really that much money to make right, in, right. In, at that, that level. You know what I mean? And so, especially for what they're doing sure. every night with that, that way, there's probably, you know, probably fucking grand a night or 1500 right. and the rest right. of it's selling CDs out of his pocket and shit, you know? And, um, which is other things I never got any money, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, but you know, I, that's what I was saying. Well, I said, don't you, uh, I said, well, you know, the reason I'm proposing this is not be just because I'm itching to fucking play with you again, which, which uh, on the last couple of uh, my solo songs and like the new song I'm about to release, I, uh, seeing as how we were speaking again, I sent it off and he played, played for me on play bass oh, on great. it. And, and it sounds, when he plays bass, you can't knock that anything about him. He's one of the greatest pop, if not the greatest power pop bass player ever, you know? And, uh, and so, see what the fuck I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, you- just, oh, just like, just was he's telling him, you know, um, so what, you know, what about, you know, what the fans want, you know, it's not, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't me. I just needing to play with him or needing him to do this or that, or want it, it was, uh, is it's all about the fans for me. Sure. Cause that's why that's what gives you that cool job. That's who you relate to. That's who's receiving what you're putting out and, and giving you the love back. And it's like, it's a, I, I consider it as like that we're a unit the fans and, and myself, you know, we work as a team without me, there's no you. And without you, there's no me, you know? And so it's always been important to me, you know, because being a big rock star, which is famous, fortunately for me, was never really my dream. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I've always was the artistic, the creative uh, side of everything. And, um, you know, I have far too many uh, issues and shit, like my horrible anxiety and bipolar and functional autism and all this other fucking shit that I'd struggle with it that made that actually was a pretty tough life for me and and people are always you know thinking that ah he's he just threw it away he just chose to be all fucked up and this and that and that's not what was happening I was that was it that was the only way I was able to uh, get through a lot of that stuff and then that stuff takes a life of its own but um but you know for me it's always been the creative and that's that's what was my dream and I I've I've achieved my 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 original goal my now i keep setting the bar higher every time i i create something new you know i want to continue to for it to be stepping up and stepping up and and if nothing else as good as the last thing you know well, i mean i'm not want, i want to be one of these guys even like paul mccartney you know what i mean it's just i just want to be somebody that's continuing to put out cool new shit and I do right. that and and for the fans and, and for, and I need the gratification back too. I like to get the, you know, the, the confirmation and hear it from them. Is this, is this still working for you? Am I doing, and they love it, you know, but that's, that's what it's about for me is, uh, well, Chip, do you, do you stop and think of what the fans want to hear? What did the, you know, I mean, is not the worst saying part that, is too, when I, I think that unfortunately 
most fans probably don't even know until they get to the show that you're not there, right? Well, and then they're, and now, then they're disappointed. Especially now while he's pushing this record, because I'm sure it's going to show that record, just right. new rarities with me pasted all over it and stuff. And then, of course, uh, appearing appearing here, this and that. Of course, yeah, that's that's been known to happen. And there's other things like you, you know, show up and say, "Oh, daddy wasn't feeling well; he couldn't it's, make it." It's just, and like you said, it's it's just hurting the fans. The fans that want to see you guys play together, and they think they're getting it, and then he gets on stage and he's singing all the songs. It's a letdown. I'm, I'm sure it is for most people. That's what it's about as the fans. I mean, as, as much as anybody would love him and his, you know, buddies or friends or likes the, his music and stuff like that, it's still, it's like, you, you know, you go buy a Snickers bar, you open it, you expect a Snickers bar inside there. Had a fucking cat turd or something like that, you know? <laughs> not saying that, but. Uh, right, we're not saying someone's a cat turd. No, no but at all. You, know, no, I know. you know what I mean? Of course. It's, it's not what, what it says on the wrapper and, um, and, and that was one thing I knew he was going to continue to play, you know, without me in the, the live act and stuff like that. And I, he wanted to do that. He wanted to do what he's doing. And, um, I really didn't, I couldn't do it anymore. It was just, it was killing me. And, um, and so when, but then to release records like that as, as enough's right. enough, you know, right. to what, cause up until dissonance was our last studio record, right. enough's enough record. And, and they were Kicking, kicking ass, kicking ass, kicking ass, kicking ass, kicking, kicking more ass, kicking more ass. And then, you know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, your first 12, 10, 12 records, you know, I guess all the way up to dissonance, I guess that's 12 or 13 records. I know maybe it's sacrilege to a lot of people. I'll put them up against the first 10 Beatle records. I love those records. Love them. <laughs> I really, Thanks. I mean, I think the three of us would. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's, that's uh, it's even embarrassing for me to hear something. No, and, and I trust me, I get it. I obviously the Beatles, we're we're all big Beatles fans too. But that's really the. I mean, I've, I I want to hear all the stories and stuff. But the re, I want to talk about the music. We wanna we want to hear your take on some of these songs. You know, the the show is called Top Five. We're gonna do our top five enoughs enough songs. We'll go one at a time. We'll pick our fifth first, and we'll kind of you know maybe you if you have any backstories or a little insights on each of these songs, let us well, give us something. It depends on what songs they are. It's, <laughs> it's like I said earlier, for me to pick, I wouldn't even know where to begin. You know, there's certain songs that, like I said, at this point, I hate them all, <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, you know, there's certain ones and this and that, but yeah, that's the one thing. There might be a lot of shit that I've, uh, kind of, you know, don't remember things like that for one reason or another, but people think I don't, I don't remember a lot more than I do is I, I remember a lot, you know what I mean? And, but like when it comes to that stuff, I could tell you what, where I was when I wrote the song. I could tell you what was played, what I played on this, what kind of this, and what we used for this and that. People wouldn't expect that out of, of me. Course. But yeah, that's that's the whole part of where that's my bag there. And and I'm happy to sit and talk about that stuff as long as maybe you pick the songs. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll definitely start picking if you feel like giving yours. I'd love to hear what you you know. Maybe we'll inspire you to throw out a couple too. <laughs> we'll see. Right. Billy, you why don't we start with you, Billy? What's your number five right. Enough's Enough song of all time? All right. A lot of these songs, you know, as Joey mentioned, we heard your music and we all loved it. We 
rushed out and let all our other friends listen to it. And everybody in our group just loved your band. So first off, I'd like to say thank you because over the years and growing up, your music did mean a lot to all of us. Um, my first song, and it was kind of funny, we, we were in a park playing handball um, and there was a bunch of guys playing basketball and they're listening to rap music and they're going at it. And this song came on and it was off the album 10, There Goes My Heart. And the chorus and all the all the, the way the song was going, we're, we're playing and we're all singing the songs. The song ends. The guys who are playing basketball are all going, there goes, excuse me, I can't sing, but there goes my heart. We were hysterical laughing, but that there, song. There goes my car. There goes my car. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, re- it was such a good song. And even now I have, you know, my, my boys are 13 and 15. I'll throw that on in the car and it gets stuck in their head. And later on, after we're home, they're, they're singing the chorus in the house. So um, that, was one, that was one of the songs that, uh, that meant a lot to me or from a memory perspective. Well, thank you. I remember where I was when I wrote that song. Uh... We went out to uh, did did something for. We used to hang around a lot with the uh, High Times Magazine guys and stuff. And uh, it's Steve Steve Bloom or Steve Hager. Yeah, Steve Hager um, had, had was having a party. And um, and in those days, I was like the Antichrist because these guys were all about weed and shit. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah, weed's great and everything. Who's got who's got the blow? You know, there's something other shit like that. A little more fun stuff, but. Um, so I, I kind of was, I didn't, you know, and so I'm hanging out there and I just, you know, it wasn't my scene, wasn't my circle. And uh, I just went and uh, I spent a lot of time in, in, in the bathroom, you know, I think a lot of artists do. It's where you're, you can lock that door and nobody has the right to bother you or come in. Hey, open the door. I got it. No, fuck you. I'm in there. And so that's where I was hanging out in the bathroom and, and, um, he had this acoustic guitar out there. I grabbed that fucker and went in the bathroom and just slapped myself in there. And I, I remember uh, just uh, the riff just came out right. And I wasn't going potty. I'm just hiding, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, just that riff that and I was like, oh, that's cool. And and just the first line came to me the a little Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And that's just then the song just wrote itself from there, you know, the months, the days, this and that. And uh, and um, I always thought it was, I always thought that song is a little bit, a uh, little cheesy on the cheesy side a little bit, but, but I know that, that that's good. You know, when, when you Absolutely. think you're something is just cheesy, it's, that means it's a it's perfect pop song. Oh my got God. More com- commercial appeal, you know? And, and yeah, a lot of people like that one. And yeah, so that's the story behind that one. <laughs> Love it. On the written on the potty. We got it. Good start. <laughs> I didn't say on the potty in, oh. in the potty. Oh, on the, yeah, it's right in the potty. <laughs> all right ernie what do you got number five man i, I can't believe i'm i'm 
talking in front of uh, Donnie V, by the way. <laughs> Uh, okay. you, you can get over that trust me <laughs> it's not that big a deal <laughs> you're one of my gods my friend um the oh, beatles wow. stole from you thank you very <laughs> much you know just remember for 365 days a year for 57 years for seven hours a day and it, i have never had a break from Donnie v not one second have i ever not had to deal with this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, my number five uh it's no good. Up on the roof with a shirt cut between my fingers. I hold Dark and alone on the roof as we lay there breathing slower. It doesn't matter if the number five favorite enough's enough song and wow this was, this was a hard choice i, I love all the songs but. that's crazy because that one uh that was something that i had written um probably well before enough's enough that was something i had in my when i started demoing my own little four track stuff and shit like that that was one of those and um i don't know how that one um how that one carried over and made it back into the scene somewhere down the line i, I don't remember how that was but yeah, I remember writing that. That was that was uh, I was just a kid. I hadn't even met Chip yet when I wrote that song, and um, I don't remember a whole lot about the recording t techniques of that. You know, as uh, like if, if it was in that era, tweaked and stuff like that. That was on Seven, it. right, Ernie? Yeah, it's all the same thing. Seven yeah. and tweaked, and you got what is it all from the same same sessions? Paraphernalia, tweaked, and Seven were all kind of in a the same sort of time period. You know, through all the recordings were throughout, you know, this, uh, this what? year or something That's like so, that. Those, to me, those three records are so significantly different. All three well, of those records are so sonically different and songwriting very different. Well, that's because, um, a lot of those, like now after the Arista situation went down, I had, I had always felt in my gut instinct, something was always telling me that, that, uh, I wasn't necessarily in the right band, you know what I mean? When, uh, cause of the, the style of, of music that I wrote and the, and the, the sound of my vocals and stuff is compared to, uh, like what a couple of the other guys in my band were into and what they did, you know, are known for, uh, now Chip and I, we were always pretty much like on the same sort of level, like the same kind of stuff. I was a little more lean in Beatles. He was a little more leaning towards queen and stuff like that cheap trick is where we meet in the middle there but um the fuck was i saying oh so the other two so, guys were into different yeah. stuff so i i had decided that uh that i'd had enough at that point and uh you know i said you know it's like i think the name is uh is toast you know i said i don't think that there's uh and now is the time you know that that you know it's it's like them against me and stuff and i'm like well this is you know and we just gotten this new drummer, Ricky Parent, right after Vicky Fox uh, uh, left. And um, so I felt bad for him, though, because he had just gotten in the band. 
you know, and then that whole thing just was short lived and ended. And, and, um, so I, I had him staying over at, at my pad with me and we went into, uh, we had this eight track recorder, eight track machine is a little reel to reel eight track, but we yep. brought it over to, uh, where we used to rehearse this re dress rehearsal, this, this place. And the guy that, the guy that, uh, ran the place, he, uh, he was sort of a shade tree engineer and stuff. And so he, he worked the board and stuff. And so a lot of those songs, like the original, the, the, the rhythm tracks and the drums and stuff like that were, were done on eight track machine, wow. you know, and then like some of the, but, but there, you can kind of hear you say like, they're all different. Well, they are because uh, that's how I write. I write all different kind of shit. I write heavy stuff. I write light stuff. I write whatever, whatever the song tells me it wants to be, you know, because that's, that's how I come up with them. They tell me what they want to be. And I try to follow the song, let it tell me what it, you know, here's how it should go. And, and so I follow it. And, and um, so you're always going to get uh, out of that many songs, you know, I don't know how many songs that is three records. You're always going to get a big variety. And, uh, and I guess it, it just, originally the first idea was to, cause you know, of course they heard it and Chip heard it and management heard it. I'm like, Oh shit, we got another great record. I'm like, well, I wouldn't necessarily say that right now, <laughs> except, but, uh, you know, but out of necessity, you have to keep going and things like that to, to still be in a band and shit. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those three records back to back to back is, is my favorite run that you guys had. I love those three records. Well, we were going to, the original thing was uh, the Chip and Donnie, you know, that was the first thing that I'd said, well, if we're going to do this again, I say the name is toast. I say, we go, I never liked the name anyway. Right. So let's go with the uh, Chip and Donnie. We can go to Japan and stuff like that. You know, it's a whole new thing. We can kind of have a new approach and come at it from a more proper yeah. angle. You know what I mean? Uh, more fitting. And, um, and so that's, that so it was easy to pick those songs from that batch, you know, uh, what would be, you know, more, more, uh, organic, uh, acoustic orientated, uh, you know, just simple pop songs without all any of the buzz saw and stuff like that on there. And so those were easy to, easy to choose and that, but that in Japan, that, that was called Chip and Donnie over here in the States. We, they'd sold it also as uh, enough enough seven. And um, oh, I didn't know that once, yeah, once we realized that we're not, we're, we can't fool anybody or we're not pulling any fast ones here. We might as well go back to, you know, add it to our thing. And, uh, and then like, like tweaked where, cause at that time, I will say also that I was pretty, pretty heavily into the pro experimentalist, <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> and so there was a lot of shit, like pretty depressing time too. And uh, a lot of shit going on. And that's where, that's where that darker heavy edge stuff would come from. But like, I could write that I could write, you know, like it's no good. And, and, uh, master pain in the same day. I mean, wow. if, if it's, if that's what happens, if that's what it comes, you know, so choosing that, that kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, paraphernalia, of course, that was one of my favorites, you know, up until, uh, dissonance, welcome to blue Island, which got ruined, but, yeah, there was, it was one big, long, big, long block and one big period. Some of them uh, towards the end of that period were kind of going off into a different, you know, a little bit different uh, direction, but, uh, but at least for sure tweaked in seven were one, just one, one block, one session. And then some of the songs that uh, we brought into the big studio and Ricky replaced the drums and shit like that, you know? 
Crazy. I forget awesome. what we were talking about. No, we were, talking, we were on It's No Good. That's where we got to seven. Oh, my God. All those. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no. I'm, a great, I'm a great guest if you don't have anything to say. <laughs> it's perfect. No, this is what we want. We want, listen, we want to talk about the music. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you've had a long career, but the music is, to me, will stand the test of time forever. And, I, and that's what I really want. My show, I try to introduce my fans to stuff maybe they don't know about. So I think, you know, a lot of people, even if they know enough's enough, they might not know a lot of these, especially the songs, never mind the records we're talking about. So that's kind of why we're diving into some of this. Uh, I know Fly, Fly and Michelle, a new thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That will and, not, and those will not that, be on our lists. <laughs> yeah, then we die in a plane crash, you know, as far as the masses are concerned. <laughs> right. <laughs> so speaking of, so speaking of uh, I think, a pretty deep cut. So I'm going to go with my number five. I'm going to go with How Are You? Time just didn't wait for us. Signs came too late for us So unwise all the lies brought a certain fate for us And had its trade for us How are you? Are you doing all the things you wanted to? Are you finding new romances? As for me, well, I guess that I'm as good as I can be. From the the, I think it's a question mark album, right? Yeah, yeah. That's again. It's it's just to me. It's so you organic with just an acoustic guitar. It's it's how I hear almost even full production wise. I still hear it in all your songs. If I can hear it acoustically. With you singing acoustically on it, it makes it a good song, no matter how many drums and electric guitar and bass and stuff and keys are over it. If it's you and acoustic and it works, it's a great song. And that to me is, you know, that's, I, I'll put that up against yesterday, any, any day of the week. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, that, as a matter of fact, that song was, uh, was left over from, uh, excuse me, the paraphernalia and stuff sessions and question mark was the, that record came out, uh, Chip released that one. It was the first time I was out of the band for a while, and um, he was letting me know that this is coming out. And I'm looking oh. at the I'm looking at the songs on the list. I'm like, what the fuck kind of record is this going to be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Tell this shit. I go with the. He goes, well, you got a title, this and that. I go, no. He goes, I go, yeah, I got the perfect title for it. Just a question mark. He goes, question <laughs> question mark. How do we write that out? I go, question mark. <laughs> Said that's it because it, it says it all. Like, what the fuck is this? You know, it's Albatross. But uh, yeah, that song. Um, that was kind of one of those where people people would go home from the session or this. And I remember we were recording a song called uh, "Habit," down, 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 and and um, I had to kick and scream and fight to get that song recorded too. But but after everybody went home and stuff, uh, I was just sitting there playing with the, the acoustic. And Johnny K, the guy that owned the studio there, ran the studio. He just said, "Oh man, that's fucking good. Let's, let's track that." So tracked it pretty quickly. Um, that's just me on that whole thing. There's nobody else playing on that, you know, and uh, I always liked it. I thought it was pretty, but I was a little bit embarrassed of it at first with, uh, you know, with, with, with being this known as this fucking bad boy, fucking drug addict and this and that dirty rock dude and stuff like that. And, and then all of a sudden I got a song like that, you know, so it didn't really fit in any of those records. And, uh, and of course, you know, anything, if any little tiny thing that, that's been recorded and it will be, I'm sure it will be released one day as enough. enough. 
It just amazes me that some of these songs, again, the quality of these songs to me stand up to anyone. It and and maybe you have some insight on this. How the hell are these some of these songs not being licensed in movies, TV, commercials? I mean, so many just these could be jingles left and right. Some of these songs, right? There goes your heart. How could that? How is that not a jingle on something? It was. Uh... It was used in, in something. It was a trailer in, a, in some movie uh, with Will Ferrell and um, John C. Riley. Um, it was used in a couple other things and stuff. It was a, a lot of that. That stuff comes with uh, with publishing. publishing. When you do right. a publishing deals and those publishing companies go out and bat for it and get those sure. different things. And um, we, had, you know, our publishing deal it, it was up until the first two records. Then we were getting ready to do another huge publishing deal. Uh, with that with at Arista with BMG and stuff and some shit went down and happened and that didn't end up happening. And so all of the all of the songs from that point forward, um, we own, I own, you know, I mean, I never yeah. did, but but we did do a small publishing deal with EMI. And um it was like it was a was a a modest advance and stuff, and but they never did one fucking yeah. thing with anything. And there was a couple of songs that I called their attention to that somebody showed me, Hey, this has been used for this and this is in that. And like one thing, um, the San Jose sharks, I guess they were soccer or whatever the fuck. And, uh, they used uh, a song we had called bring it on home for, for their whole season. That was their fight song for the whole season. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey, what the fuck guys? Yeah. Where's I my said, check? What about this? You know, it's like, well, blah, blah, blah. I go, what the fuck are you guys doing? What do you do? <laughs> you know, what was the, what was the point of this? You know? And, right. and, and so, uh, you know, after that point, I just, I had pretty much considered that there's no, these are all mine. I don't give a fuck what, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And sure. so, so a lot, it was like kind of a bulk deal we did, but no, we got all that stuff. Now we own all that shit. And that's, but that's how that stuff happens. And there's really nobody ever been, uh, going out and doing that stuff going, for, for this. Right. Month, Which know? is incredible to me. I, I don't know how a publisher doesn't say, you know, we're sitting on a fortune with these songs. People, if people, if I, if I ship these out, cause that's what publishers do. They're going to go out and, and fight for you and say, Oh, you need a song for this movie. We got the perfect one for you right here. And they, and nah. I don't see how they didn't do that. But anyway, that's, it's the shitty well, publishers, right? If, if you want to buy them, if you, you know, <laughs> somebody they like to do that, you're well, I'll, I'll split it with you. Me, me, me Ernie and Joey going to chip in. We'll work on something boys. <laughs> Well, it's funny you should say that because I have a new song that I'm getting ready to release, and it's uh, it's the most commercially marketable song I've ever written in my whole career. It's called Party Time, and it's when you hear it, it's you know it, this one could be used for all the commercials, for beer commercials, for movies, for TV, for sports right. stuff. It's it's like it's like it's by far not my greatest song, but it is the best song I've ever written for stuff like that. And so we're kind of going after that shit with this song. You have a release date? Um, it'll be very soon. I did have release date, and then that got blown off. Then another release date, and then that got. I ended up having to uh, buy out of my my last record contract because of because uh, I was I was postponing it again, and they already had it. Uh, the song pr- pressed on vinyl, forty fives and shit were ready to go, and it was already listed up on iTunes and all stuff. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, it can't come out yet because it's still not time. It's not right, and also now we're shooting a great video for it. So right. then I got to put it out before this video. And then once the video started, the video is so great. Um, you'll, when you see it, you'll, you'll, you'll really like it. So that's awesome. Play ca- characters and stuff. And it's so well shot. And I got really lucky 
my buddy Todd Cosley, he's started making movies and stuff and it's really well done. But after the video was coming along so well that I, I thought, shit, I'm going to recut the song. I mean, oh, wow. I want to I get a better version of the song to be as good as the video and have the, the guy that makes beautiful things mix it and, and get Chip to play bass on it because he's in the video. Oh, that's he's great. Up, yeah, my bass player came down with lymphoma and um, couldn't come out and do it. And so the, I only know one other bass player. You know? <laughs> and so I gave him a call. I figured, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, and uh, we had just started talking again because of the, the Cleopatra deal and stuff like that. So we were talking again and, um, but yeah, I, I held that fucker up a, a bunch of times and now we're, 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 we're probably within a month away awesome. because we just, I just hired a, just hired a good promotional company, um, uh, Michael Brandbold. And it's, it's really, oh, I know Michael good. very well. Michael's great. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. I'm hoping really so, good but, guy. but yeah, but he's, uh, you know, we talked a lot about it and he's got, he's got some good ideas and the way to go about this shit and not just, just throw it out there again, like other stuff that I put, you know, it was another great Donnie V song and then it comes and goes and right, not right. this one. This one is one that I can't waste this one. You've got to, this is like when you got that one card, you don't want to throw, you know, you got Uno, sure. that card Uno, <laughs> you know, you don't want to, you don't want to use that one until you absolutely have to. So all that duck's got to be, and it's not like I got a shortage of songs. I can always put, you know, I started sure. even getting some other stuff ready to put out instead of that. And, but yeah, that's getting, that's going to come out very, very shortly. As soon as he gets it rolled out and uh, set up and everything as quick as, as we can do that, then it'll be out. It's ready to go. Can't wait. It's going, it's like, like I said, in support of the flash drive. So we'll put you on the spot. I don't know. I know you didn't, you didn't want to pick, but if you had to give the audience a track that they should go listen to your number five, what would you tell them to go listen to one of your favorites? Come on. Oh shit. Uh, well, I'll tell you right off the bat, my favorite record was the last one. This and then. Um, maybe it depends on if it's somebody that likes heavy shit, it would be the song Dissonance. Yeah. If somebody likes, uh, you know, there's a good ballad on that record. It's just my favorite record, but there's a lot of good stuff. I can't remember this, all the songs, you know what I mean? I the just Dissonance don't... great. Yeah. Jake, Jake played that on, on that one with you, right? Yeah. He came in and, uh, and, and enhanced the guitar parts and stuff, you know, cause I just, I was the only one to play guitar on it and I'm a hack, but I mean, no, it basically, it sounded great, but he came in and, uh, you know, made it fatter and stuff. And he, yeah, he did a great job. I love Jakey. And uh, um, yeah, that record is, is, is my favorite. And it wasn't a very good time for Enough's Enough. It wasn't a very good period. Uh, it was, it was a good period for me because I was just finally getting the divorce from the antichrist, you know? <laughs> and so that was a good period for me. I just met a new a new girl and just got rid of the old girl and just got a new girl and I was pretty down and, and it, it brought me back that that record built me back up and I went back into the band 
with through that record and everything. But um, yeah, I'd have to say the song Dissonance. It's, if I had to pick one, it's it's my favorite. Killer. I mean, uh, already we did four picks, four different records, right? So you know, we got a lot to choose from. Let's go back around, Billy. What do you got? Number four. All right. So this one is off a of strength. And I actually heard it when you guys were on Howard Stern. Um, and I guess it's two songs in one on the album, but I don't know if it was two separate songs, but The Way Home and Coming Home. I just like the way the way the song, you know, the way they're blended together. It starts off this nice, slow song and the way you're singing and then it really picks up and gets heavy and edgy uh, in the second part. I think the, the reason those two got got put together, that's another one of those that I was kind of embarrassed about that. The way home <laughs> that the way home song, it's like I was just playing that in the studio. Um, we had already finished the record, basically. And so there we were going getting ready to start mixing. And then I wrote that song uh time to let you go and uh something else that, that ended up being on that record they wrote all those like in almost the same morning on the way to go over to the studio Crazy. and uh, but that one was uh starting to see some chick at the time over out there when we were making that record and and uh whenever i you know started seeing or dating or something like that it's usually the chick you know within very short period of time is not getting very good end of the deal i mean so <laughs> put it mildly and so that was kind of one it's of like those Ernie's like, wife <laughs> i got a bunch of those songs though where i write it to get me out of trouble or this and that you know what i mean or you know live on, pay the pay the rent <laughs> yeah that's that's a good way to, to get, get in get on in good with the girl write a nice song about her why not yeah, yeah. My, my problem is I can't write anything, so I just take the beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, you, I'm sure you do something else. <laughs> he does nothing. <laughs> it's not It's not all it's cracked up to be, man. It uh, depends on where your head is at. Yeah, but that one, I just remember, I was just, wasn't one that I was, uh, it's still to this day, I, if I hear it, I kind of cringe that. I sound like my mother on certain notes of that because my my mother would sing opera and shit like that and I'd hear certain notes and sound it sounds like fucking mom and said so I was all embarrassed about it but the way that I think the word home is what connected the two wow that one said oh, okay. this home and then that was coming home and uh, it connected to him. what a very unlikely pair of songs to put together yeah. as well you know there's just yeah. nothing I can except the word home I can't see any correlation. But it's funny because, you know, we don't know that backstory. When when I heard that on the record, I love those two songs together because they are so polar opposites. They It just feels 
like they should feel like they should go together. Just, it, you know, one contradicts the other. It's great. I love it. Well, I guess uh, from an objective perspective, objective perspective. Now, there is a title. Um, yeah, I guess you would see it. it it's going to look differently to me. And sure. Um, yep. Like I like people visualize a record. They visualize some songs and what they imagine in their heads of this the setting where it was recorded or this and that. It's always very different than where it actually, what the actual reality of what this, what, you know, what was happening when we wrote or recorded this song and stuff like that. It's very, you'd be very disillusioned. A lot of people <laughs> they seen was actually going down, especially a lot of the makeshift ways that we pulled stuff off. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Like I'm sure the first three, two or three records were done in big studios at least. And then maybe, you know, home stuff after that. I, you know, obviously the, yeah. this, now, enough's enough. Uh, just about all, all our records were were for the most part done in the big studios. Oh, you know, good. And maybe I mean, off off hours after hours times and favors and this. Quality and that, wise, know. they sound. You know, nothing sounds better than the other. They all sound in their own right very, very, very killer. Well, you didn't have the abilities as capabilities that you do nowadays. You know, I good mean, had, had I had that then, I mean, what you know, like strength. That was a uh, over a quarter of a million dollars to record that record. I mean, and as far as I'm concerned, I could do that right here. Right. You know I mean, for for nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I can't say nothing because it's some people are prizing the rent out of me. You know what I mean? When it's like the guy to mix it and stuff like that, because I couldn't mix peanut butter and jelly. But uh, yeah, the the the, the difference of 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 uh, and plus the ease of how everything's on hard drive. You can copy paste things sure. and stuff like that. Now you can get recall certain automations and automation then was this big computer and the boards had to be built with these motors in them and stuff so the faders would move and stuff and it's like i never even liked that i was like all right you grab those faders physically I got this doing one. it I'm right. here. i know where this vocal's got to go here and, and they're great you know what i mean but um i don't know why i'm talking about that again i really have been having a problem with i'm losing my <laughs> mind a little bit don't worry, we'll, we'll bring you back in don't worry we're up to ernie's I, number four my short-term memory is shot man <laughs> What do you got, Ern? My from my favorite Enough's Enough album, uh, "Baby Loves You." There we go. There's another one of those. Uh, that we wrote that song, and probably in the amount of time it takes to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, we had that one. We had that one before the first record. That was. Uh, that one was hanging around. That was like a, a good live track. You know, uh, it's very simple. It's very easy to sing, <clears throat> and very sing along ish. And uh, that's why, like songs like that, I don't have the same appreciation for them that 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 the listeners have because it is i can hear it is very hooky it's very uh catchy and positive and upbeat and stuff and i'm like the i'm the tortured genius you know the fucking artist and stuff that's that's looking to keep going to un, uncharted territories and find something i hadn't thought of and look in the crevices and the cracks and find these different magical things you know where they <laughs> where they pop out and say hey look at me and i'm like ooh, <laughs> you know but that but so, songs like baby loves you you know 
it's like chip mentality all the way across the board. That's that's that song is chips in a <laughs> but I, he even had something to do with the writing of that. But that was that's like if if they had to take a song and say that which guy that would be chips enough to write across the board on that song. I want to change my choice. <laughs> you cannot change your choice. <laughs> all right, my number four. I'm going with so, it's something along the same lines of what Billy picked with uh the way home. It's on Tweaked, and it's uh, My Dear Dream. Looking for air at the floor of the ocean. ocean of lonely tears. Ooh, another time, another place. same type of deal like very eerie and soft in the beginning rock and roll and then back to like this weird soft part again at the end just love the the dynamics of that well that one i did write together i did i did intend that to be the way it went and um that's that song actually does have a decent story that was we were at a party in LA, me and Frigo were at some party and, um, and there would happen to be this old fucking beat up piano in the corner over there. And, uh, you know, I was, there was a lot of that party. I wasn't digging. So I was kind of off in the corner, found the piano and just, and all of a sudden that riff came to me, like diddle, 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 wow. I said, that sounds like, is that a queen song or something? I couldn't figure out who's, who's song. He said, no, it's, that's, I'm like, oh, that's great. I like that. I, I started writing a song and then Derek comes over all bug eyed and shit. He's like, dude 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 that's a great one because that's <laughs> only only that riffs on guitar i'm like the fuck you yeah. so that's what's that's what's cool about it is that on the piano diddly 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 you know you know you're diddling on everything anyway let me have something you know and so that actually that song was that was when i officially said that's it for you and me here i'm done with you wow and, uh, yeah and i didn't see him again for over 10 years yeah but that song and uh yeah, I liked it. It kind of had a wings feel to it, you know, Yeah, a little bit wings, McCartney's wings and stuff like that. But I always liked that song and it, it could have been a little bit done a little bit better if it, we would have had like in better circumstances recording if it wasn't, you know, the way we're, that's that's one of those I think that attract like in the, the eight track demo, like the drums and stuff first and then took it into the big studio and replaced things and Nothing ever really gels perfect, but I always liked that one. That was that was one of my favorites up till then. <laughs> awesome, yeah. I actually like the raw sound of it. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to hear a better production on that. I want, I like what it, I love, just as is. Well, thank you. All right, Donnie, we're back to you. You got to give us another one, number four. Come on, number you, four. You, you went with dissonance oh, last time. Give me another song that you love that maybe people don't know of. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> well there's one song that i've been i listened to the other day and it came on and i heard it and i was like that's a really good song and it's not one anybody really ever thinks about 
I do believe it was like a B-side on, uh, on uh, the Dissonance record. Uh, it was called Code Red. I've been away too long Too many good men gone If you ever heard that song it's on the i think it's on the the re-release of the dissonance record it's i don't think i know that do you guys know that I, I think it's on there i don't recall it to be honest but i remember a part of us going through all this i had my playlist going and and it was really tough i had like brackets to try to break down which song <laughs> i should pick it, <laughs> it turned into a whole big thing but i do recall seeing it on the album it's, on the it's album. got it's got a great groove to it and uh wrote that from that's when i wrote that was when um all that shit went down with 9-11 and all that stuff like that. And so I'd written that, like putting myself in the eyes, through the eyes of, uh, of our, our military that went off to fight and stuff, of, of uh, trying to think of a song. Because the, the riff and everything just felt mean and it felt like that and that was happening. So that was a mentality. And um, if you get a chance to listen to it, I, you know, I, think, I think I kind of, I've been trying to, uh, I was getting ready to post it soon that, just to ask, get people's uh, from military and people have been in the armed forces. To, to, how am I in the ballpark of of the mentality of, you know, with, with the lyrics and stuff like that? And um, I kind of, I guess I got a little Republican on it, and and that doesn't. I don't even know the difference between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, that's why I've been told that. And uh, but um, yeah, that's one that I always thought was just it was. Nobody really ever even thinks of it or has heard of it. Code Red, yeah. Killer. I, I, I mean, I'm so I'm glad I can. I got another song to listen to after now too. All right, Billy, we're back around. What do you got, number three? All right. So back when I started dating my wife, back in the early 2000s, it was cool to make CDs. You were one of those guys, like you know, and made it made a, ta- a tape. And they, yeah, well, tape. We, we were very high tech. We had CDs now, you know. So, um, and. She, again, it was one of these things where whoever I played enough enough for, they 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 loved it. You know, I hadn't met anybody that didn't like it. So she really liked um, from 1985. You got a hold on me. It's Valentine's Day once again. Though some were bad and some were good. I do believe that's number ten. So she, it's one of these songs that anytime it still comes on in the car and she doesn't sing many songs, but that song she'll start singing. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a crazy uh, where that one came about. That was, we were tracking something really heavy that day. And, um, and that one just came out. And, you know, when they come out and we're in the big studio and all you have to do is hit, you know, if I'm tracking something else, but it happens to be the guitar, acoustic guitar or something, you know, 
just throw it down. And like I said, they end up coming out on records. But uh, yeah, that was, I remember I'd written that I was in trouble. I had done something and I was in trouble. And uh, so I wrote that as a Valentine's gift because I didn't remember. <laughs> I never, I never remember it's Valentine's day. It's like, that's not a day as far as I'm concerned. It's a fucking marketing fucking fiasco, but that was, yeah, I wrote that on that. It was, it was to get myself out of trouble. <laughs> What's the story behind the 1985 album? So that is that stuff before the first record. Yeah, that was our, uh, that was our original, uh, like our original demo tape that wow. we, uh, that we, you know, uh, with the original band, that would Gino Martino and, and Bo, um, that was a good band too. Everybody sang and stuff. And when we record those songs, like I'd be singing lead vocals on this mic and, you know, later on I'd sing all the vocals on everything, but this, I'd be singing the lead vocals and they'd be over like Chip and Bo and Gene would be over on the other microphone singing the backgrounds at the same time. You know, it was, it was very, very band oriented. You used to uh, go in and, and track what you played, you know, nowadays you're trying to play what you tracked, you know what I mean? Which is, it's, it's totally the opposite. But um, that was our, that we, well, we called it our record back then in those days, because everything was always larger than life in our minds and stuff, you know, especially with chips and up. But uh, that was our, our demo tape and um, like Catholic girls and all that stuff. That was the stuff that broke us into the local radio uh, thing. And um, ultimately that tape led to our management deal, which led to our record deal. Mm, killer. Yeah. I love that record. Very, those, very underrated. That record up. Uh, we brought that in. It was in the middle of something. We needed to put something out. And um, it was quick money. You know, you sure. give this to somebody, it's quick money. And, <laughs> and those tapes, those old two-inch two tapes had been propping up one leg of Chip's couch in his living room <laughs> for like a fucking six months to a year. That was one leg of the couch. The thing had broke off. That Those tapes were under there, the two tapes. Wow. The, and, only, um, the only copy of the Masters? Yeah. Yeah. They, they had to, they had to be baked. They had to call a guy in that a professional guy to come in and bake the tapes. And until I seen what he actually did, he brought in a conventional oven and baked them at this low temperature for this amount of time. Insane. And I had to buy the oven, all this shit, you know, I'm like, the fuck they had to bake the tapes. Cause the information would just fall right off into the heads and stuff. Cause it's sure. so old. It hasn't been environmentally, uh, you know, kept, you know, like it should be and stuff. I mean, it's propping up the couch and a hot, sweaty, nasty <laughs> dog shit over the carpeting and shit, you know, and there they are. And, uh, so he baked it and, uh, I baked some more shit. I remember heating up my, uh, my leftover shit from like Turkey and stuff <laughs> in, in that oven. And the guy's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? He said, I bought it. My yeah, what's the difference? Right. <laughs> uh, these are the stories that we need to hear. This is great stuff. Come on, Ernie. What do you got? Number three. Number three. Uh, we don't have to be friends. But I'll take the pain Cause I'd go insane If I left you now We don't have to be friends To get along We don't have to be friends To Got that right. Has to be friends. 
Yeah, that was a real, real dark, real dark time. Um, so I was kind of in that uh, that real fuck it bucket of rebel of uh, kind of not trying to kill myself, but but not trying not to, you know. And um, that's just that. That was another one. I I had this acoustic guitar that was that was just amazing. It was just one of those that played itself, you know. And at that at that time, it since it got broke, this fucked head road roadie. But um, that song, it's just like so many cool, like, how are you, that song, all these things with these cool acoustic riffs and shit on them that they had written on that guitar. And uh, that was during that time. I remember right where I was at in this little apartment next door to Chips. And it was a very dark time. But um, I thought it was, you know, once you got that riff, once there's a part of the, whoever presents these songs to me and other artists say the same thing, they, it's like we've heard them before. It's like, so now we turn them into something that you can hear. It's our job, I guess. But um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of very cool ones we've written with that guitar, and um, and those like the songs seem to write themselves once you got that one little piece of it, and it, it just leads you, you know. Yeah, great. So that's on Seven Urn. Yeah. Yeah. Gr again, great, great song. All that's a very acoustic-driven album. I feel like and. That's that's one of the best on that record, definitely. Well, actually, 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 where you'll find that easiest would be on my flash drive, which is coming out. Ah, that's that's <laughs> right, coming out soon. We'll have you back on when you officially have it out to promote it again. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go the opposite way, and this I don't think this is depressing. You tell me. Maybe there's a depressing story behind it, <laughs> but um, probably. I, I I've always loved it's. It, I know this is going to sound crazy. Probably my favorite holiday song of all time. Happy holiday. Peach fuzz, right? It's just, it's you know the singable, the the pop sensibilities in some of these songs is just you could sing them for days. You, you, once you hear it once, and you just can hum along with it forever. Just a great yeah. song. Well, peach fuzz right off the bat. Peach fuzz was kind of like a like this rarities thing. Peach fuzz was a conglomeration of of outtakes that didn't make records up until that point. So we released them all. Excuse me, at one time, in that song. Um, Originally, we, we were asked, Clive Davis asked, uh, could, could we try to write a, song, a Christmas song for the Home Alone 2 movie? And um, I came up with that. And, um, and uh, I guess it was the production style of it was a little too heavy. And it was a little bit too uh, heavy for what they were looking for. But uh, I always thought to myself, I always, if I do say so myself, I think that's the coolest uh, 
coolest rock Christmas song. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, it, Not captures, even it captures it captures the Christmas vibe. You know, it's got the vibe of it. Even if you if it didn't say happy holidays, you know, you can hear the different things, elements of that song that capture the Christmas feel. And uh, I think it's the coolest, coolest rock Christmas song written. But yeah, that, I, that, that, I didn't make Home you. Alone, too. <laughs> ah, fuck them. <laughs> Killer song. Love it. I showed them. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the movie, that movie was a flop anyway. Who cares, right? Pretty Get out of here. So. <laughs> All right, Donnie, we're back to you. Give us something else. Number three, what do you got? Give us something. Hmm. What the fuck? Well, that, there was a song I mentioned earlier that I really was one that used to stand out as one of my favorites was a song called Habit. I'm waiting for yesterday. I wish it would go. It's so hard to break So redeeming When I'm dreaming Have it so hard to break It was yeah. on par paraphernalia. Um, it was kind of a struggle to get that recorded. I mean, um, it was all I could do to, you know, I mean, I ended up having to start it with Ricky, you know, Ricky was my tag along. I, whatever I felt like doing, I'd make him, you, you're coming with me. You know, I mean, you got to do this with me. You know, other guys are like, man, I don't feel it. Now we're not going over there today. This and that. So now nah, I'm going over and tracking that one. And cause that was another one. I, I had that. Oh, that was that 12 string. I had that, that Martin 12 string. That was the, other, I had those two at that, bought those two at the same time. And it had that, uh, that, that sound to it and that's when i start down 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 and i just like this is very fucking cool and you know through the, as the song went on it's uh it's, it, it built the production built and i always like that and it and it said a lot about what i was going through at that time killer song i always thought that talking I, about it like you like you guys <laughs> i always felt like that I'm was sorry. i always felt paraphernalia was maybe your heaviest record you think that you find that there's there's elements of it that are heavy. Uh, um, I'd have to go back and listen to the record. I know there's some elements of it that were amongst the heaviest stuff we'd done, but then there was some really light poppy shit yeah. on there too, like uh, Holiday and, and uh, some other stuff. I don't remember what's on it. <laughs> Great pick. I'm glad we're getting some picks out of you. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Billy, what do you got? Number two. Number two. I mean, this it's so hard. I'm looking at my list in case there's some there's some alternates here, but um, I'm gonna go with on off of ten. Fly away. I always really like that song. I just like the the music and, and, and the lyrics and 
basically was like, if you don't like it, fly away. You know, so I always thought the bass of the, you know, the way the song goes, yeah, things aren't working out. You can go. <laughs> Just fly away. Oh, that's kind of uh, the perspective that I would, it was, uh, I wrote, I've written a couple of like this where you're kind of, uh, if you want chicks to kind of dig you, you write a song about telling them, you know, and, and, and confirming their, their thoughts of how shitty the relationship is and how fucked up their boyfriend is to them or something like that. And you kind of weasel and squeeze in there, you know, and, and take her side, you know, like hose before bros. That was one of those hose before bros songs. But it, at the time when it came, when it originally wrote it, uh, I liked the riff and stuff, you know, I thought it was, it was a cool riff and we even played it live for a while, but uh, yeah, you want to, that's a good way to, you know, you want to just weasel in there and totally just be a total fucking jag off to guys you know what i mean you want to get in there and get in you know and that was one of those you know ernie you taking notes you taking notes <laughs> <laughs> all right what do you or, got ernie? or you could just call me if you need one <laughs> come on Ernie. what do you got number two all right uh my number two uh the the music is so weird during the verse but i love it i still have tonight <laughs> great johnny Friegel playing on that one that was on uh it was a chip and nine seven yeah that was that whole record uh that whole record is so i got that plug guitar so all that acoustic stuff in there i yeah. just kept kept writing on that thing um that's what that was that was where my head was at was songs like that at that time that's where i was i was thinking if that's the direction i had to pick a side of the fence do i want to go heavier do i want you know because we were always too heavy for the the popsters and too light for the heavy metal guys and stuff like that and so i if i had to pick a side of the fence i'm going to the pop side you know what i mean um, it's fun to plug in nothing you know if you got to go on stage or do this and have to turn crank up your marshall and just you know it's fun and but it also masks a lot of production it's like it's a substitute for production for other instruments and other parts and detailed things and stuff like that and and throughout the enough's enough uh a history with them you know i was kind of in a, a lot in that position of of uh just play it just get the just simple thing just do this and that's fine you know what i mean i'll be like well, what the fuck you know <laughs> i guess uh you know but that that whole record was that's that's kind of like uh we don't have to be friends stuff is that on that one or is that the, the other one yep yeah we don't have to be friends is on uh seven yeah we had clown in the town and stuff yeah derek's that's the last shit that derek played on was is uh 
was that record. Uh, he might have, there might have been a tracks left over here and there for that from other songs that made it onto to later stuff. But that was it. And I remember his dad coming in. It was at that point, uh, I was even proposing to the rest of the band that they would get rid of Frigo and get his dad. Because his dad would come <laughs> out, his dad would come out and play with us uh, whenever we were around, you know, live. And he, like on the strength record, he came, we had him come on out and he charted up all of this. There's no synthesizers on strength. It's all strings. It's all real strings. And, and he'd bring in the, the full orchestra wow. guys and shit. But uh, yeah, I just, uh, I really, really liked Johnny Frigo. And that line, that, that line, I just kind of kept hearing that violin line. And I was like, -da 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 -da. I just, it kind of had this left bank feel. Remember a band called the Left Bank had that kind of sound with that violin type thing in there. And uh, that's kind of like, guess where my head was kind of at with it and it sounds like that to me but um yeah i like that song yeah i've always you won't hear a lot of if you hear love songs by me it's usually i'm either trying to get out of trouble or it's or it's about some you know, a lot of them are some imaginary person you know because i didn't i didn't think i didn't think being in love was anything that i was ever capable of mm -hmm. and uh <clears throat> but uh but usually the songs about relationships and stuff they're i probably kind of take coming at him from a negative aspect, you know, it's like we're raking up, you know, now let's describe how can I make the most bittersweet lyrics to a breakup, you know, it's all about, it's all about chicks hearing it and, uh, you know, well, he's so, he's so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say about you, Ern. <laughs> I mean, seven is such a great, it's funny. Seven is probably my favorite record out of all your records. And I don't have one of the songs specifically on my top five, but it's my favorite body of work, just well, from front to back, you. just a great record. Thank you. All right, so my number two, uh, we're gonna we'll go back to paraphernalia. Uh, Believe in love. one is that believe in love you hum me some of that you got to believe in oh you got to believe in love yeah, nah, nah, nah. all right uh what's up with that song uh it was uh oh that was uh the riff yeah song wrote itself after that riff yeah I, I figured we were tracking something else and I came up with that riff and that's where that song came from. It's not, it's not one that I probably ever would have remembered and thought of again in my life. Great. And so that's what, that, yeah, that's what I love about this. You know, that's why, you know, talking about this stuff, even the guy who wrote the songs 
I loved maybe reminding you about some of the great songs you wrote over the years. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> All right, Donnie. So let's give me give me another one. Number two. We're back to you. Jesus Christ. Uh, I think. Hmm. I'm telling you, man, it's like it's like one six, one half a dozen, the other to me. You know. Uh, what do you think? Oh. I liked a song called uh, Joni Lynn. of uh off of uh the dissonance record thought it was a pretty yeah. cool ballad and um yeah that was one where i i had a couple different uh ways i was going to approach that lyrics because i was just we were just splitting up and i and what all the lyrics you should have seen the lyrics that that i didn't use like this just blasting out her dirty laundry you know what i mean <laughs> just really fucking blasting her and then you know, uh, things that she would never want anybody to know. She'd never get laid again. <laughs> they have the lyrics that, but, uh, yeah, that just came one day and, um, and, uh, it really, uh, I really like that one. I still, if I hear that today, I like, that's a really nice song. I like that song. Yeah. Killer song. All right, Bill, we're up to number one. I'll recap what you got so far. All right. You got, there goes my heart at number five, number four, the way home coming home. Number three, you got to hold on me. Number two, that's two fly away. That's two songs. Way home, coming home. You're done. You're, done. You're right, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see you. <laughs> Come on, Bill. Um, this was tough. You know, the whole the whole thing was very tough. But this song had a meaning to me. I was going through some tough times, and I always like listen to this song. But uh, off of paraphernalia, someday, someday. When you've eased your troubled mind Are you gonna find what you believe in And stop wasting your time Someday Your world will be your own Yeah Someday When you make another stop That was uh that was one of my faves that, that that was a big song for me because um a lot of the, a lot of times you know I'm, i i feel like my situation was hopeless you know i didn't feel like there was any way out of that that fucking you know that just that downwarding spiral you know just descending steadily descending i didn't think there was any hope for me and of course like when i wrote the song i was I was singing to me, 
know what I mean? And but then realized at the same time, wow, this this could probably hit home with a lot of people. It's kind of like singing if I was from a different perspective, singing it to me, you know what I mean? Because I I really uh sometimes, you know, I even get a tear in my eye when I think about I feel really fucking bad. My heart aches for that Dottie V that throughout throughout those years and stuff. I was a very, very sad and lonely guy, man. Just really, really you know, even around a lot of people, it's just, it was like, I was all, I'm all inside here. You know what I mean? Everything is, and that song was, uh, one of us was like, you know, it was like a pep talk, you know, once you, you, you can get it together, bro, you can do this, you know, you can someday, you know, uh, and, um, then a lot of people have said that they, they, it sounds like they had written it to them. And, um, there was a couple guys in our gang, one guy, uh, <laughs> a lot of times there'd be some guy to come along just start new to the band new to hanging out with us and stuff and you just watch the the, the fall the descend of their life you know how quickly it's like the guy owns a company <laughs> is this and that and just be you know knowing hanging with us for a couple of months he's, he's out of work he's been kicked out of his place this and that and uh yeah that that one uh me and him would cry in our beer together over someday would listen to it. he goes that he goes that you wrote that for me to and i go yeah <laughs> yeah dude it's crazy that you say you know over the years you know that you were sad and depressed guy you think it just think about this this will always cheer you up how many people you probably made happy over the years through your that's, music and songs and you know whenever you feel about. depressed or something like that think of one person or us three morons on the show <laughs> smiling somewhere listening to your music well you know from from speaking myself personally i think but from an artist's point of view uh there's no money that you can make for anything that that could come close to somebody telling me man this got me through this this song you wrote got me through this thing you know i've had people tell me it literally was the difference between him killing himself and not a certain song or something you can't put any fucking price tag on that absolutely and that's and that's something that like I said, speaking for myself personally, when you're writing a song like that, um, the the your hopes and the and what your biggest hope is that that will connect to somebody out there. You know what I mean? That that'll fucking and um, and it'll mean to that person what you meant it to mean. You know what you what it found it found you. you yeah, know, I, I put it out there and it found you, and that's. That's what it's all about to me, man. I just got goosebumps a little bit thinking about that. That's, that's fucking the most awesome shit when, when people say, hey, man, it's just a lot of, I mean, thank you guys for, you know, for liking this stuff. Oh, my and God. And for every person them. that says it to you, there's probably, you know, a hundred or a thousand or whatever more that it's affected too. So remember, oh, just always remember that. It's killer stuff. Yeah, the, the fans are, the fans I got, it's, just, it's a small base, but it's a mighty base. These guys would kill for me. Speaking of small and mighty, Ernie, you're number uh, one. That's, that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. Let me recap what you got so far. So number five, it's no good. Number four, baby loves you. Number three, we don't have to be friends. Number two, still have tonight. Number one. Pretty woman, drive me out uh, of my let me, let me grab my Coca-Cola over here. Look, you made him leave, Ernie. Can I have 30 seconds? I gotta go yeah. get something. Yeah, of course. I'm yeah. oh, sorry. No worries. That was my one dream to sing for him. And look what he got up and made him leave. <laughs> and he, oh boy. And he's back. 
that's a that's a song called Goodbye, right? Pretty woman, drive me out of my head. She said a lot of things she shouldn't have said, and I know the feelings for her in my heart are dead. Cause now we're sleeping in separate beds. Yeah, that's um now there's a promotional video that was made around the time of strength that came out with uh the promotional uh kit that would go out to radio and this and that people. There was a poster, there was the the C D and then there would be a little videotape in there and and, and up until uh that videotape came out, <laughs> that was one of my favorites at that time. Uh goodbye. I always liked that uh just that one line, you know, now we're sleeping in separate beds. I just, that, that line just kind of, uh, at that time, I, you know, lyrically I was very new and that was like prolific to me, you know, now we're sleeping in separate beds and, and, um, but that until I seen that video, I'm like, no, it's like all dramatic. I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> now I can't stand the fucking thing. Ever when I hear it, all I picture is my face and I'm like, no, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Want to beat the shit out of me? <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of those. <laughs> he unplugged the mic. <laughs> well, he's got it's a drummer. That's why. Yeah, that's what's wrong. <laughs> Drummers, they the other guys now that still own the PA. They got like the little recording stand because while everybody else is fucking around partying and having good time, shit, drummers are putting their shit away, you know, setting their shit up and putting it away, <laughs> carrying it, loading it into this and that. So that's why they, they that's always, not uh, funny. That's why they always got, they got equipment and gear and stuff like this. He, he, he might be able to hit things, but he's no, no audio visual guy. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear, hear you now. now. Yeah. I heard what you guys just, are saying about just barely, just barely. <laughs> we just hear you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All Sorry right. about that. No, my number one. Here we go. So I'll recap. My picks are number five, How Are You? Number four, My Dear Dream. Number three, Happy Holiday. Number two, Believe in Love. And my number one, this might be a weird song because it's almost, I almost feel like there's no chorus really to this song. Uh, long Enough For Me. I never knew. It's on Peach Fuzz, so it must be one of your leftovers from somewhere, right? Oh, that's a as a demo. 
Yeah, I wouldn't Crazy. be surprised if that's if that's on this thing that's coming out. That was an old demo. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there was it. something about that there was something about it that i liked at the time it reminded me of uh come and get it by uh if you want it here it is come and get it it had that kind of had that vibe wrote it on the piano whatever it's just rock it with the piano and stuff and um but i didn't i didn't i don't think i don't remember ever tracking that for a for a record that's a, wow. that's got to be a demo or something yeah just something cool. about the melody and and the feel of that song and i don't know if you could call it the, the chorus or if it's like a pre-chorus or a bridge it's just the melody of that song just is so catchy to me it's it's undeniable well there's see i've i've purposely tried to write songs like that sometimes that like uh hate to i'm not com comparing myself or anything but the Beatles did that a lot. There would it, there would have songs where the the verse it would bring itself around full circle. There wasn't really a big chorus that would right. go off on some of them. They did, but but it was like it started at the beginning of the verse and it would bring itself around, and that was the whole the whole thing. You know, it wasn't like here's the chorus section, here's the verse section, and um, occasionally you know I tried to set out to do something like that, especially when it's a very Beatle orientated like Paul McCartney wrote "Come and Get It," you know, and it's kind of like. That was kind of like the feel and the vibe for that one. And um, I like I just I completely forgot what the fuck the train of thought again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's cool that you like that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just always always hit for me. I always like that one. What do you, all right, Donnie, you're number one. If and you had to you'll give probably, us. You'll probably love this record then. <laughs> God this, only knows what's on there. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> these records have been were chaotically on these little label here and then that's sold to this label and then that's over now at this label and you have no idea how to track down where the fuck anything's at or where who to go after or sure. this and that you know so at least now i know i know who 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 to go go after for my money you know what i mean <laughs> and um but they're you know they're responsible for chip and i speaking again and stuff like that and um i imagine um i mean God only knows what's on there, but I imagine there's a lot of stuff like long enough for me and shit like that. And it's all, as far as I'm concerned, if something didn't come out on a record from, to me, there was a reason why it didn't go any further than that. It's like this one, there's these right. songs, all there's something now that's not tweaked, right? It just, it didn't, it didn't make it compare it to other things that are finished, you know, and yet they tell you they're finished. These ones told me they're not really finished yet, right. you know? And so those are basically all demos and shit and, they call it rarities, but it's not very rare to get these. If you know any bootleg or any collectors of any shit, they've got all this stuff. So you didn't go in and retouch anything on this stuff. This is just as is demos and stuff like that. Like I said, I don't even know what's on it. <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> I just saw it the other day. Somebody uh, sent me a picture of him holding it. He goes, look what I just picked up the other day. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and um so as soon as I seen just my face plastered all over, I go, oh, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen with this. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And Coming fortunately. enough's enough, enough's enough. And there I am with my guitar all naked shit. Where's the guy? <laughs> no, he's in Europe. <laughs> Donnie, if you got one song to tell everyone about, give it to us. I'd have to go, not lyrically. Lyrically, it's the worst song I've ever written. But uh, I have to go with New Thing.
fucking riff come and it, and it's funny we were talking about that earlier with michael michael who set this up uh does my yeah. social media and it was out and she like this um we were talking about because uh we lost another really sweet great wonderful fucking cat from the era uh, jeff labar from yeah Cinderella. i know jeff too yeah just died yesterday i just heard about that and then you know and, and like I was saying, I just made a post, you know, as, as they get older, there's more and more of, of these guys from from this era, you know, that are gone. And, and some of them, though, you know, some of them are really like something uh, like a kindred of the souls. I didn't know them that well, but when I did hang with them and did know them and do and this and that, just as one of those guys, you just he's a sweet fucking guy, you know, it's just like a puppy. And um, and we'd, we'd hang out and stuff like that. And so uh, to hear that was, I was like, oh, oh, man, you know, but I know what happens to us when we go and I know where he's at and I know everything's cool. And it's like, sorry for Tom and Eric and Fred guys. Um, sorry for your loss, guys. But uh, that song, new thing, the reason why we were talking about it was with Cinderella and we correlated because we, when, um, when, before our record came out, we were recording at this place called uh, Royal Recorders, which was our manager's studio. He owned the studio and it was part of the Americana Resort, which was right by the Alpine Valley, the big venue outside venue. And uh, all the bands would usually stay there if they're playing at the big venue and shit. And we were in the studio recording our first record at the time. It hadn't come out yet though. And, uh, and we were invited to the show, uh, you know, I think it was Bon Jovi and Cinderella. And, um, and later on that uh, that evening, you know, I'm in the middle of the night or whatever, uh, I just ran into Eric and, and Jeff. They were the bass player and the guitar player, and they were walking around stuff. And and uh, it was kind of a big attraction when bands would play there because they would want to see Royal Recorders because it was getting to have, a, have a, a decent name in the business, you know, especially after we made a record there. People like they liked the sound of that record and shit. And uh, those guys came down to the studio and... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say nothing, but I'll le let you uh, judge for yourself. Uh, they, they were playing some of the songs they wrote and a uh, new thing. They wanted to keep hearing that one over and over again. It was like, play that one again. And, and their next record, they just happened to have a song called Gypsy Rose that, that mm. it sounds like the same riff to me, only, wow. only played backwards. It's only it's backwards. It's down, 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 instead of down, 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 my car wrote that riff. <laughs> I've told this a couple stories, but I, I had, hadn't remembered that. But uh, I remember I had this beat old fucking shit car and I was working with my grandpa and I go to start it. It was like, and I hear music and all kinds of things. And I was like, awesome. it basically wrote that to me. I was like, that's fucking cool. I'm taking that car. And so, but I was, I thought new thing. It's, it's a really, really cool power pop song. That riff is cool. And it started, it kicked the whole ball off rolling for us and everything. And uh, so I got to, I got to give new things some props. Lyrically, it's the fucking worst. <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's, obviously it's, it, go ahead, Ern. I was going to say, there's a story been going around for years that the original song was called Blue Thing and the record company made you change the words. I don't know uh, if it's true or not. Yeah, I, I imagine where you heard that. No. Uh, <laughs> I used to joke about that. I used to say uh -huh. that as a joke because, uh, you know, they used to have these little things called Valium. They were big for a little while and uh, get high on a blue thing. But uh, no, it wasn't actually written that. It was, uh, 
it was written as an A or something like that. You know, I think that the real stories are just are more fascinating to me. You know? Yeah, that's why we wanted to talk about our favorite songs with you to hear some of the backstory. We appreciate it so much. I loved hearing just your take on some of these songs, some of your favorite songs that, that I have to go listen to tonight, Code Red. Um, I, I, I love obviously chatting with you for over an hour now. It's been so much fun reminiscing. Again, one of our favorite bands of all time, possibly my favorite catalog of music of all time, you know, straight through 10, 12 records straight, not a week one in the bunch. Guys, and any last words for Donnie or anything before we you know we let him plug the uh, the flash drive and stuff again? No, fucking bu- Bunny Carlos, sir. Fucking Bunny Carlos looks like my version <laughs> is bad. I hope that's a that's a good thing. Donnie, in, in in addition to Enough's Enough, I love your solo works. I bought Beautiful Things. I love it. Um, I think it's great. I especially love the song uh, "I Could Save the World," which kind of sort of takes you back to like. God, I, I I wish things were the way they used to be. You know, one of the things you said, like I like to date in person. You know, I mean that was in yeah. it was sort of a lyric in the song, and and it's so true. Um, I have younger children, and they're content with their phones and keeping in touch. But uh, they, don't have every, a, they don't have a clue, right? They don't know, they don't they don't know and things were special. Right. You know, things used to be special. They're not special anymore. Right. You know, that's and, a shame. And and you know, all the songs on that album, and and a lot of the solo stuff that you did. Um, you know, as, as Joey mentioned, you know, enough's enough. Without you, to me, it's not the same band at all. Um, and the fact that you do your solo stuff, it's always great when you hear something coming out because we just look forward to hearing new music from you. And it seems like you have tons of it. And, you know, it's not it's not something that you're like, oh, you know, it's a rehashing of a different song, a different way. You know, it's really good. So yeah, I thank, a, thank I you for a point to not let, I never want to let that happen. I may get a point conscious effort to make sure that I'm not covering any old ground you know i mean it's it's might not be some groundbreaking new direction that i'm going but i'm not rehashing a song i'm not trying to you know and if i hear something that sounds like something previous that i've done i'll scrap it and i'll go to something else i don't i don't have any appreciation for people to do that and songs like that and uh, i'm certainly not going to be one of them and thank you very much for that (laughs) ernie um yeah um I watched an old horror movie, uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and this is before your first album even came out, and one of your songs is in the movie. How does that happen? That was um, the, the original the original lineup of Enough's Enough. Uh, we didn't even come up with the name. It, it was uh, this other these other older guys that uh, were looking to put something together for recording for movies and this and that, and maybe shop and this and that. We're trying to do something totally against the grain and uh and it was the project was this guy steve jones was the drummer in it and uh such a tapper though he was like tap 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 he was just had no balls as far as i was concerned but he uh he you know those guys actually had jobs too so they had money you know and cars and things like that we didn't chip and i were just we're going for it we have shit you know what i mean but he uh he was also in uh into in getting into movie productions was working with uh Jonathan Demi and his company and stuff like that. And so that was their first little thing or their first uh, little project. And Steve Jones, he was the drummer at the time um, for for the original Nuff's Enough and he went off to do it. And so he asked us, says, hey, we'll get, we'll get one of your songs in there if you want. And and it turned out to be that one, right? When they're rolling a joint. So that's yep. cool. What song? <laughs> Fingers huh? 
I got my fingers on it. Awesome. Yeah, kind of some, the song's not the greatest song, but but uh, it sits well in that movie. <laughs> it was a it was a shock for me. <laughs> Again, Donnie, we can't thanks thank you enough for coming on. It's been so much fun. Uh, one of our favorites ever. Anything else you want to talk about? Where can we find you on social media? Where can we possibly find the the new flash drive when it comes out? Everything, anything you want to plug? You will you will see it everywhere. Um, like you said, you already know who Michael Brandle is, and and you'll see it everywhere. Uh, you know, all my webs, all my uh, social media, Donnie V this, Donnie V that. You know, what I mean, <laughs> DonnieV.com, uh, King of Power Pop, all this other shit. You'll see it. You'll see it out there, and then. Uh, when you find out, is probably when I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll probably have found out a couple of days before that. But um, yeah, that that flash drive is going to be a pretty pretty good deal. All that music on there for hundred bucks, and also you have to buy it because it's it's one of those that come, the flash that comes on like it's like a credit card with a piece that you could stick in the thing. Well, that card is going to be a barcoded individual each one. You can use that as a laminate to get any any of my shows, Killer. VIP stuff, and all the shit that you know. Any little added little things that you know perks and stuff. That that flash drive is not only kick ass fucking two hundred fifty something songs and shit. Every single thing will be there that I've done. There's a I weeded out the couple of songs that I didn't sing through those years. I, those aren't on there. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, you use the laminate. And if you do pre sales. You get one of those. Remember, I told you about that, those forty-five records of Party Time that we that I had to buy out. I had to buy all the things they're sitting over here. Wow! And like, <laughs> and I got a, a box of a. Uh, I think it was like I gave them a bunch out, and then I thought, hey, I'll say. So you get one of those too, autographed, and uh, and possibly a Zoom call <laughs> if you're a pre-sale. Great idea. Yeah, I love having. That's a great idea with the flash drive having it to be something to come into your shows too. What a great idea. I don't think I've ever heard anyone do that before. Well, you got to think of something because, you know, uh, motherfuckers who just copy it off somebody else's shit. You, yeah, know, you, right. don't, you don't make anything anymore selling records. You got to play shows and stuff. And, and uh, this is everything I've done. You know, I'm putting it out. It's kind of like a last push of uh, where you allow myself to have any hope. You know, to at least change the level of activity of how things have been going. You know, what I mean, it's kind of been, you know, I see a little more activity. I want to see that song party time get some, get some life and do some business and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not looking to to break as any, you know, big artist or anything like that. Those days are, that's that's gone. That's not even healthy for me. But uh, but that flash drive, I think it's a good deal, and I think they had to find out some way to make these motherfuckers buy it, and not just fucking copy it off somebody else's. And that's and it's a barcoded one too. You can't just go copy that guy's either. Yeah. You know what I mean, great idea. Yeah. And and of course, a Zoom call would be nice for the fans too. They, I'm sure they'd love that. Oh, it's it, probably better for the women if it's like three in the morning or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey baby, so what are you wearing? <laughs> Donnie, again, so killer. Thanks so much for coming on. We'd love to have you back again when the flash drive's available. Anyone out there, please send us your top five enough's enough songs if you don't know enough's enough if you haven't heard any of our picks before go out and listen to the catalog you want to do it in order do it in order that's what i suggest i'd love to start from the first record go all the way down to dissonance every record is is better than the next they're they're really great great records great catalog thank you thank you thank you guys very much i'm very flattered and, and very much enjoyed it thank you
Awesome, anything, brother. Anything you guys ever need, you got my in contact info or Michael. You just come direct to me. Thanks, buddy. Right. Bye. Talk soon. Thank you.